you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano, alongside the man, the myth, the soon-to-be legend, <laughs> Graham Barfield. What's up, pal? How was your weekend? Good, man. It was really nice. Uh, we had a nice long weekend here. Um, went to the golf tournament. We were just talking about it. Yep, Riviera. It a, yeah, it's a beautiful course. Yeah, it is. Um, have, yep. you gotten, have you gotten to play any golf recently? No. So, like, now that we had a move, I have to drive Matthew to school and then pick him up, and it's a half an hour drive rather than a seven minute walk, which is what I had before. So right. I haven't played golf at all yet, man. man. Like I get, and I'm like studying film on these rookies. So even though it's not as busy, there's still stuff to do. It's like you go from you know just completely covering fantasy football twenty four seven to like, well, 
covering fantasy football for a portion of your time, but then you got dad duties as well. So right. it's, uh, yeah, I got to get out there, man. I'm actually afraid to swing a golf club. I haven't played since like August. It's going to be fugly, man. Yeah, I it's played, gonna be bad, I played a little bit a couple weeks ago and, and literally couldn't swing. Couldn't oh, my gosh. I hadn't played in like six, seven months, too. Yeah. So, uh, behind the glass, as always, our pal, Eddie. Do you do you tee it up at all or no? I, I did. I used to playing in high school, actually. I did, too. I was a real avid player. And then, yeah. um, and then like once I started working, and uh, well, I went to college in Boston. There are some courses up in the Northeast, like a New England area, but uh, most of the time it's cold, and like it's gonna you just don't want to golf in you know upper thirty, lower yeah. forty degree weather. So I kind of just only did it when I was home and hit the drive range here and there. But uh, I mean, yeah, I know everyone around LA was uh, trying to get to Riviera on Sunday, yeah. and it was a really nice day. I actually just drove down Wilshire to Santa Monica, and I saw the uh, there was like a blimp yeah. uh, circling yep. the course, and I was like trying to think for like it took me like five minutes, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, I, so yeah, I, I, I typically. Typically go, um, Jim Nance is a good friend of mine, so and I don't get to see uh, you know Jim that much, so I'll go and see him uh, on 18. But I just didn't get a chance to go, man. It's you know, kid, girlfriend, baseball practices, that kind of stuff. You know, life life comes at you, brother. So sometimes you can't do what you want to do out there. But uh, we've got a lot of news to get to, Graham. So let's get to that. The, the big news this morning is that Drew Brees is apparently somewhere very tropical and decided he was going to take a photo, uh, nice scenery, and uh, tell everybody that he's coming back in 2020, which I kind of feel like we, we sort of figured that, right? Yeah, we kind of knew. Yeah. We knew Brees would bring it back one more time. Yep. I, I mean, the way the Saints have had the worst luck in the playoffs um, <laughs> over the last not few kidding. years. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's going to just give it one more run. From a fantasy perspective, we've talked about Breeze. He's going to be sort of, you know, I would say somewhere between 8 and 10 in terms of rankings of the position. Uh, averaged over 20 fantasy points per game this past season, although he did miss some time due to that thumb injury. But he was gangbusters in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, he put up huge numbers. I believe it was over 90 fantasy points he scored in those three weeks. So Drew Breeze is back. Uh, that'll keep the quarterback position deep which it typically uh, has been over the last few years. So Breeze is back. Uh, he is a free agent. We assume he's going back to the New Orleans Saints. Um, good news for Michael Thomas. Good news for Alvin Kamara. Good news to uh, everybody in a Saints uniform on the offensive side that has any fantasy value. So what does this do uh, for the Taysom Hill hype? I'm sure you've seen it. You know, I know. Well, Hill's not, a free agent as well. Not only that, but Teddy Bridgewater, there's a report that he's going to get $30 million a year? What? 30, what? Did you see that? I'm looking for thirty million a year too, man. Thirty million a year. <laughs> you got to be out of your freaking mind. I mean, I know he was good, lad, but thirty million a year. He could end up being a starting quarterback somewhere around the league. But yeah, I, I don't know that the Saints are going to keep two out of the three. Obviously, Breeze is going to be the one guy He'll that, that does choose. come back. But I, I mean, Taysom thinks he's an NFL. Cor- I, I would like to see it from a fantasy perspective. Hell, he'd be right near the top of my sleepers list. I'm, w- I'm with you on that. If, right? If he'll got an if he'll got an opportunity to act, I know he'd probably be pretty fun for fantasy. Yeah, dude, he'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but Breeze uh, likely to be uh, a top eight, top ten fantasy quarterback in the rankings and uh, a late-run pick because that's where quarterbacks go these days. Uh, let's move on. Ian Rappaport, our pal, um, here at NFL Network and NFL Media, suggesting that Le'Veon Bell could be one of the big-name players on the trade block uh, coming up this offseason, which, I mean, isn't really a surprise and I'd love to get him as far away from Adam Gase as possible in that Jets offense. So uh, Bell could be traded, and we already know 
that Melvin Gordon's likely to move on from the Chargers. We also have got a report that David Johnson um, is not going to be released. It's just not an option for the Cardinals, according to their GM, Steve Kime, but there's a chance he could be traded. So the running back position could have a very different look if some of these guys uh, end up being on the move, Graham. Look, I, I don't want to... I still think Lev Bell is a very, very talented football player. He's a very good receiver. And, and today's his birthday. He's 28, so it's not like he's an old dude. Right, and I think he was very underutilized with Adam Gase, but the fact remains that the, you know he had 245 carries this past year, and his mm-hmm. longest gain, Fabs, was 19 yards. I, know, I mean, yeah. the, the explosiveness just was not there yep. this past season, and you know I, I, I think... Uh, you know, I think anybody saw this kind of coming, you know, after Adam Gase kind of made some comments that it didn't seem like he really wanted Le'Veon Bell in there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, Bell might be looking for you. Yeah, so we'll see. And again, you know, when, when you look down the list of, of teams in the league that could use a featured back, we always go to like the Houstons of the world and the Tampa Bays of the world uh, who, who could use a number one. But We'll see. Uh, as long as Le'Veon Bell ends up being a featured back somewhere around the league, I'm fine with it. And I'd love to see him get out of the uh, out of the gangrene. Let's put it that way, because it was not good uh, this past season. Uh, the Panthers are expecting Cam Newton to pass his physical in March. And that is a big point of contention right now with Cam, because, you know, you see reports out there that he could end up being released or the Panthers could move on. Uh, to another quarterback, potentially as a stopgap to a younger quarterback. We've seen them tied to some of the young prospects coming in right. the league in, in 2020. But let, let's let's just put it this way: if Cam Newton is a starting quarterback in the NFL, I mean, I, I don't I don't really think it matters where. You know, maybe it'll be Chicago, maybe maybe it'll be Carolina, maybe it'll be the Chargers. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Where would you draft him? Because I get it. I, I understand that Cam Newton has been for most of his career, an enormously successful fantasy quarterback. But if you look back at his last year and a half of work, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there that, that sure. really makes you question whether or not he's still the same player. Sure. Uh, had the shoulder injury in 2018. Um, you know, basically was a shell of himself this final five, six games. Right. Try to gut it out in 2018. And obviously missed this whole this whole past year. We just haven't seen enough of healthy cam, you know, here in 30, 31 years old. Um, if he's back in Carolina, I will be pretty interested uh to see where he goes in late rounds uh, i'd assume he's going to be you know 11th 12th 13th round pick um but it, you know i'd probably be into it in that range just because the panthers have a ton of weapons that we love and, and mccaffrey and and dj moore looks like a bona fide number one wide receiver and we'll see what curtis samuel can do as he continues his evolution yep um i'd be into cam again mm-hmm. um it's just you know right now it's just, just because it's, of the cost big, right it's just right it'll be an opp- it'll be an opportunity cost type thing for yep. sure but yeah. uh but his health is obviously the biggest question mark going into 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, like you take away his, his rushing success in the NFL and he's an average fantasy quarterback. He was an elite guy because of what he did uh, as a runner. The fact that he was Carolina's goal line back for all intents and purposes for so long. And that stopped. I mean, and it had to do partially yet. We'd have to think with the injury uh, that he had sustained and had been dealing with, but yeah, Cam Newton's uh, no longer a QB1 in fantasy, and if he moves on, again, maybe could end up being a pretty decent bargain late in drafts because that's where he's going to go. Speaking of quarterbacks, and this is going to be such a fun offseason when it comes to the quarterbacks with so many big names who could be on the move, let's talk about Phillip Rivers. Now, we did talk about him last week a little bit because the, the Chargers had decided that they were going to part ways. Rivers had already moved his family uh, to Florida, and now his 
well, former teammate, Melvin Gordon is speaking out and saying, uh, quote, I think he'll go to the Colts, end quote. And it, it seems like a good fit, right? I mean, Jacoby Brissett was, eh, right? I'm, I, I, as, as much as people wanted to, you know, push the narrative of Brissett being a good NFL quarterback, I don't, to me, he's a backup. He was fine. To me, he's a backup. He was all right. I mean, he, he, he did all right, but I think this is a really good fit. And the Colts can go out, draft a quarterback, and Rivers could be the bridge for a couple of seasons. I think it's a good move all around, too. It's going to be good for T.Y. Hilton. It's going to be good for Paris Campbell. It's going to be good for Marlon Mack as well. You know, Rivers has been at the helm of some offenses that have had some great players. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen's been a very good fantasy receiver uh, during his time in, in, in San Diego and Los Angeles. So Rivers going to the Colts, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. I think right now it's between... Probably the Colts and the Bucks. And the Bucks, yeah. Uh, I think that's the two odds-on favorites. I thought the Jags might be a little bit interested, interested, but I don't know. It sounds like maybe they'll roll into the year with Minshew. With um, Minshew, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you though. If Rivers goes to the Colts, it's kind of like I like that. Yeah, I, I'm not saying Rivers is going to be a QB one, right? But he'll be drafted, and it, it's going to help the players around him as well. I agree, and you know, perfect fit for them too. I mean, he's got a great offensive line. He'd have yep. a great offensive line for really that's, the first time in his career. That's huge and a great point, uh, Graham, because. You get him behind that offensive line, maybe the turnovers start to go down a little bit. He's yeah. got more time in the pocket. We all know he's not very mobile, and, and and the Colts do have some weapons there in that passing game. So The biggest thing with Rivers in his career is he's just not been well protected. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers offensive line, especially the last couple of years, has been uh, one of the 10 worst in the NFL. Mm -hmm. um, Colts are easily one of the five or six best. So no, no doubt. I'd be, I'd be really excited. I'm not for fantasy. I wouldn't want to draft Rivers very much for fantasy. I'd rather take a late-round shot on Cam, actually. Yep. But yeah. For for you know just for what it what it could be you know in terms of efficiency without offense I I like Rivers. Anyway. Well, I mean, look at the division right now. That yeah. that division is very winnable. It is for anybody. The Texans get up there and then you know, they, then they disappoint us. Every the Texans time. are uh, you know they're 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 sort of like a paper AFC South champion. You yes, know, they're not going to go too far. And you bring Rivers in, you know, the Colts could end up being a contender, a real contender uh, in that division. Continuing on with the quarterback theme. Uh, the report is that the Las Vegas Raiders are prepared to give Tom Brady a $60 million contract over two years. $60 million. Now, I still can't see in my heart of hearts Tom Brady leaving New England. I can't. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I can't see it. It would be so weird for Brady to be wearing a, not only a Raiders uniform, but a Las Vegas Raiders. It would be just so odd. It'd be great for the franchise because, boy, that stadium will be filled every single Sunday that the Raiders are at home. But do we still believe Brady's basically an 80-20 lock to go back to New England? I think so. Again, I, I think the the Pats, will, well, they'll figure this out. Uh, they'll figure it out. And it, the, the thing is, is like, what... Other than other than trying to just sell tickets, because yeah. I think they're going to sell tickets no matter what. But other than trying to get you know people to come to the games, what are you achieving by getting Tom Brady at this point? Because, I mean, look, Brady can't push the ball down the field thirty five plus yards like he used to, mm -hmm. but he and Derek Carr play very similar at this point. This point in their career, you know, Carr limits turnovers, Brady limits turnovers. They're both not necessarily throwing the ball into tight windows super often. Um, I'm just not sure what the Raiders in terms of direction would be doing, uh, bringing in Brady other than just to sell tickets. And, you know, if that's their goal, then, then that's their goal. Just a few stats on on, on Brady, too. Um, you know, we, we, we've known he's been an elite quarterback for a long time, but the last couple of years he's fallen off that mantle. Uh, only 24 touchdowns this past season. That's the fewest he's had in a full year since 2006. Uh, Brady averaged 6.6 .6 yards per attempt. 
this season. Uh, by comparison, Lamar Jackson averaged almost seven yards a rush. Uh, Brady averaged 16.5 fantasy points per game this season, his lowest total since 2013. He had fewer than 18 fantasy points in six of his last eight games, during which time he averaged 14 points per game. He turns 43 on August 3rd. No player in NFL history has had more than 150 fantasy points at age 43 or older. So... I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't care where he goes. Even if he yeah. stays in New England, he's not an elite guy anymore. He's a QB, two who may not get drafted in, in a lot of fantasy. The, the biggest games. problem for Brady this past year is, you know, not only is if his skills declined uh, in terms of just throwing the ball deep, like he had no receivers. And if he goes to Las Vegas, it's not like they're uh, they're exactly. They need it, right. Yeah, I, they, they need receiver help just as yeah. bad I mean, as the Patriots wh- do. Whether it's, you know, trying to get a guy like A.J. Green right. or, or drafting uh, somebody in the first round. And, and this this class is, like, loaded with wide receivers. So, now you're – I mean, tight end's nice there with Darren Waller. But other than that, uh, Tyrell Williams and uh, Hunter Renfro, I mean, uh, not exactly – That's uh, not – yeah. Not, not, not exactly, not you know, the days the of, like, Randy Moss and Julian yeah. Edelman back in the days for – the, uh, the Patriots, we mentioned that David Johnson uh, is not going to be released by the Cardinals, and that has a lot to do uh, with his contract, but he could be traded. Now, uh, Rap Sheet also suggests that the Cardinals can end up franchising Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake, when you look at his numbers, uh, once he was traded over from Miami, to he was one of the best running backs in fantasy football. In fact, he finished as the third best back based on fantasy points from week 9 to 17. And if the Cardinals decide to franchise him and they can't move on from David Johnson, is Drake going to see that same usage? Or are we going to see a committee situation? You've also got Chase Edmonds there as well. For me as a fantasy owner, I'd love to see, and I've said it a million times, I'd like to see David Johnson go to Tampa Bay where he'd be reunited with Bruce Arians. But if Johnson is there in Arizona, is Kenyon Drake's stock, how how bad of a hit does it take? Because they're not going to have David Johnson on the roster and have him sit on the bench all season long. Yeah, this DJ contract is kind of force them yes. into a corner right. uh, because they can't cut them. They'd just be eating a ton of money. And if they do trade him, it'd be for like a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, I, I, you know, for what it's worth, I, if the, if the Cardinals franchise tag Kenyon Drake, I, I think that would be uh, pretty shocking because they would be allocating like, you know, at least 15 to 20 the plus million just yeah, to the backfield dude, in terms yeah. of Drake and DJ, that just would not make any sense. Um, yeah. I mean, if DJ still there, Edmonds is still around. I, I will have a hard time. Is Drake a two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is he a two with with those two players in the backfield? I think he'd be more of a, like a RB three flex. Okay, yeah. Uh, just because you know DJ will probably take some of the the receiving uh, load back, and I think we know this past year too. I mean, DJ got hurt again, uh, tried to play through the injury, and then he you know essentially was ineffective. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals kind of they had to roll with Drake because. DJ wasn't right. Yeah, he wasn't right. Uh, and that's going to be a big storyline over the offseason and into camps as to whether or not David Johnson is a Cardinal and if he's back to being 100%. Uh, last bit of news here, um, and of course, all the uh, the Jameis Winston eyesight jokes were all over social media when it was reported that he underwent LASIK surgery to repair his vision. Maybe that will help him throw the ball to his teammates and not the other team in 2020. Uh, but the real news here uh, is that Coach Bruce Arians has said that the Buccaneers have yet to make a decision on whether or not Jameis Winston is going to be back with the team in 2020. And, you know, we've heard reports that if Tom Brady ends up leaving the Patriots, that Jameis could end up being an option for New England. I don't know if that's going to happen. That would be wild if it did. But 
Jameis's best value, Graham, is probably staying in Tampa Bay. For fantasy football, absolutely. Yes. And for, you know, for his receivers. I know everybody loves to pick on Jameis for all the picks and, you know, boneheaded decisions, whatever. He was lights out for fantasy this past year. I mean, he helped get Chris uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans mm-hmm. into the top five with in terms of fantasy points just because the Bucks had to keep throwing. Uh, threw for over 5,000 yards, and, you know, I get it. There were some back-breaking picks in there and some boneheaded picks. 30-30. But look, I mean, he was he was golden for fantasy. Uh, he was highly entertaining for fantasy too. Just from like a, just from a enjoyment of watching the games. I mean, like you never knew what was going to happen on any of a given play. And yep. and if he would throw a pick, you know, would keep the other team in the game and always keep the games competitive and the scoreboard uh, filled with points. Yep. I, I hope Jameis is back in Tampa just for for our entertainment value. Factor. Yeah, no doubt. And for for the value of, of Godwin and yeah. uh, and Evans, as you mentioned. Uh, but the Buccaneers have been linked. You mentioned Rivers. Uh, Bridgewater, the $30 million man. That's, there's no way that's Bridgewater doesn't make sense in Tampa to me because Aaron, I know, I know. Aaron's, Aaron's loves guys that take can take risks. Yes. And Teddy does not take and risks. And go downfield. Uh, and then they've also been linked to Ryan Tannehill if the Titans don't end up franchising him. Which and would be by franchising Tannehill, it's going to cost them a pretty penny. But, uh, dude, he was, he was really good. Well, the, Yeah, we talked about it last week, but the Titans are going to have to figure out what they want to spend mm-hmm. on Tannehill and Henry. Yeah, exactly, because Henry is uh, an unrestricted free agent, and, um, uh, I mean, he, he's he's the lifeblood of that roster at this point on the offensive side. Uh, they really need to do something there. and But, I mean, they could end up being in the Rivers sweepstakes as well, right? I mean, I, right. They, potentially, if they decide that... All, all signs have pointed towards the Bucks having interest in Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like like we talked about, I think it'll come down to Colts and Bucks, and um, I don't know. I, I think I think you could make the same argument we just made for Rivers a minute ago with Tampa. Obviously, it's a significantly worse offensive line, yep. but great coach who would who could scheme Rivers into success, and they obviously have two fantastic receivers and OJ Howard too is a is a wonder. I mean, I think he's still a very talented tight end and can be a, a you know fantasy stud. Uh, in 2020, it just comes down to you know who's going to be the quarterback there and how they're going to scheme them the ball. But yeah, I think you can make the same argument for Rivers and Tampa that we just made for mm-hmm. the Indy. Uh, again, going to be a very interesting offseason it's fun. here. Uh, Eddie, that's the news, pal. So last week, uh, Graham and I went through a bunch of the free agents, a lot of the free agents uh, at at the four major positions in fantasy football. Uh, This week, we're going to turn our attention to the scouting combine. Now, um, there's a a lot of, I mean, a lot of good players in this class, especially the wide receiver position. There's some big name quarterbacks in here. So we're going to go through. Uh, six names that you're going to definitely need to know. And we can go through some more uh, next week as well. But I feel like this list is a good start, especially if you're sort of uh, you're, you're projecting sort of some of where some of these rookies might rank from a fantasy standpoint once they're drafted. And we're going to start off with Joe Burrow. Now, there's some interesting news floating around about Burrow uh, and, and him talking about having leverage as it pertains to uh, being drafted in the National Football League. There's some interesting stuff going on in terms of maybe him not wanting to go to Cincinnati. Could we potentially have another Eli Manning? I don't want to go to the Chargers scenario here. Um we know Burrow is working with Jordan Palmer, who happens to be the brother of Carson Palmer. And I'm sure that Carson Palmer has probably not said too many good things about the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. And maybe 
has talked to Burrow and said, you might not want to go to Cincinnati. Uh, that, that would be an interesting scenario there. Because imagine if Burrow had said, I'm not playing for you. Okay, like he goes, you know, he does the whole John Elway thing. I, I'm not playing for you, Baltimore Colts. You know, Eli Manning, I'm not playing for you, San Diego Chargers. What the hell would it take to trade up to number one? What would the Bengals get in a trade <laughs> for the team that gets Joe? Like, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, but that's that's what we're hearing uh, here in February. Um, I mean, the, the owner would probably have to give up, you know, firstborn children something like that i mean like it'd have to be something absurd r- something ridiculous right i mean i think pretty much every team is going to be looking like the dolphins for sure are gonna be looking to oh my them, god uh yeah to to leapfrog and maybe get to the giant spot um and if the Bengals and and maybe joe burrow doesn't want to go to the Bengals, whatever that case may be if the Bengals are uh in the market for moving the first pick because of whatever reason i mean they would get a king's ransom because joe burrow is right he's that dude it would be unbelievable, uh, and it, it, I mean, hell, it would be extremely entertaining for for us fans and analysts out there too, because Burrow is the type of quarterback who could come in and change a sure. franchise. But I, I do find it interesting. It's the Bengals, though. yeah, I find it interesting that he said he had le- he has like leverage, and then didn't really say much else about it. I mean, Burrow grew up like what. How, how far is Athens outside of Cincinnati? It's like mm-hmm. a couple, couple hours. Yeah. Um, technically, he'd be going close to home right. if he got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. So I don't know. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, the home, maybe the hometown, he doesn't have much. Uh, I, I'm from Connecticut, not for nothing. <laughs> I don't want to go back there. Exactly. Maybe, so, I mean, like, you maybe know. he doesn't have much uh, since. Uh, right. Very many. Uh, very many. Exactly. So let's go over some of the details uh, with Burrow. And I've been watching some film on, on the guys that we're talking about here over the weekend. Uh, played 15 games last year. Burrow, 56-71 uh, through the air. Uh, I mean, 60 touchdowns, an NCAA record, only six interceptions. Uh, completion percentage at 76.3, which is bananas. That was almost an NCAA best. He also rushed for over 360 yards and at least five touchdowns in his last two seasons at LSU, which, of course, is big because we are seeing more and more quarterbacks come into our league who are mobile and we love that from a fantasy perspective he's not i'm not saying he's a running quarterback uh, by any stretch of the imagination i mean he's not he's not kyler murray but he's good at uh, avoiding defenders and you know he could pick up some yards on the ground uh he's ridiculously accurate uh he's got a great touch um he's got really good arm strength he can make every throw He's one of the most exciting quarterback prospects to come out of college in a while. You know who he reminds me of a little bit is Tony Romo. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that comparison. No, he he. In terms of his escapability um, and his just movement within the pocket, it's not like he plays. Fr- Burrow never plays frenetically. Like his feet are always kind of in constant motion. He always looks like he's in control of his body. And Romo was really really good at that uh, too in the pocket. Uh, I will be shocked fabs i know it was just kind of a one-year thing uh bro his previous year only threw 16 touchdown passes but i will be shocked if if he's not a very good pro because everything we saw out of this past season i get it it was a perfect year he had a ton of talent around the offensive line at lsu was fantastic i Mm -hmm. get all of that so Uh, but if you divorce his play from uh those intangibles from the receivers and offensive line he was still amazing so remember all of the hype and it ended up being uh spot on with andrew luck you know, coming out of Stanford and everyone said he is a, he is a 
definite stud in the NFL before he even was drafted, before he stepped on a football field in the National Football League. Everyone said Andrew Luck is a lock. Is Burrow that kind of lock? I don't think so. He's okay. not he's not that type of lock, uh, just because Luck had a little bit more of a runway, but yep. he's definitely I would say, you know, if you had to rank like the the top quarterbacks come out of the last twenty years, we've had so many of them. Burrow would probably be in that top five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's that good. Yeah, I mean, he's that good. It, it you know, it, I understand it's taken him some time. It, it took him, you know, he was behind three, four great quarterbacks when he originally went to Ohio State. Uh, he yep. didn't really get a great chance until twenty eighteen, and man, I mean, he he exploded this past year. Yeah, so. He'll be the first quarterback picked in Dynasty. He'll be the first quarterback picked in Redraft, no question about that. And he will be picked no matter where he ends up because I would be shocked if Burrow doesn't come right in and and take over a starting row wherever he lands, which may be Cincinnati. Um, That's where everyone expects. But if there's drama and he ends up with the Dolphins or someplace else, I mean, he's going to be the guy. Let's move on uh, to Tua Tungovaloa. And I still have no idea how you get that sound tongue from T-A-G-O. I have no idea, but that's how you pronounce it. If I had never heard the man's name said correctly, I would have butchered it. I would have <laughs> just butchered it. Anyways, we all know the story with Tua, right? Because I'm not going to say his last name again. No one wants to say his last name. They just call him Tua. Um, he played nine games this past season. He had that really bad hip injury against Mississippi State uh, when he did play over 2,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, didn't have much success as a runner. And I don't know that he is a running quarterback, again, like a Kyler Murray, but he could probably do uh, some things with his feet if he needed to. Um, 43 touchdown passes, six interceptions in 2018, completed around 70% of his passes combined over the last two seasons. Uh, he's 6'1", he's 218. He's left-handed, right? So, I mean... Off, I wonder if that's going to – it probably isn't, but I wonder if that's I, – I guess I don't even have to wonder. It is going to be sort of a challenge, right, because for any offensive coordinator who's bringing in a left-handed quarterback, everything kind of turns around a little bit, right? But um, he's potentially a top-10 player, potentially a top-5 player. Um, he has had some durability issues. Uh, the hip injury, which was which was awful against Mississippi State, notwithstanding he's also dealt with knee and ankle injuries. So, Graham – where do you project him to be going in the sure. draft? I think you had already mentioned he's probably a top five pick. And is he a guy, assuming that he is 100%, can come right in and make a fantasy impact? Sure. Um, look, I think Tua has already beaten some of the injury um, outlines that people were giving him You know, a couple months ago. You know, He had the really bad hip injury, and it kind of seemed like everyone was like freaking out, like, oh my God, is he going to you know, be able to even play in 2020? And it looks like he might be pretty close to health by the time the draft rolls around. Not mm-hmm. 100%, but um, pretty close. Um, look, I think Tua, I will be shocked if Tua does not go in the top 10. Uh, I, I saw I saw a report last week, or maybe it was just a mock draft, that, that Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback, right. uh, was there are rumors basically saying that Herbert could go over Tua, mm-hmm. and that would be a massive mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, really the only red flags we have with two at this point are the injury concerns. He yep. had, he had, he's had the hip injury. He's hurt his ankles multiple times or sprained his ankles multiple times, uh, with Alabama, but everything he's put on the field, everything he's put on tape has suggested he is just a, a bona fide stud. I mean, just watching those Bama games, like the way the ball comes out of his hand. Oh yeah. It's just money. Yep. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a great release. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got it all. Yeah, it's fan. He is. He's going to be fantastic. And again, I think 
I saw the same. I think it was maybe the same report mentioned that the Dolphins would be interested in her, in Herbert over Tua, which doesn't make any sense to me either. But uh, be that as it may, Tua is still going to go in, in the top five, and and hopefully by twenty twenty one he'll be a full time starter. Yeah, because I don't uh, think he's going to get. A, I don't think he's going to. Well, be I mean, a starter if he goes to Miami, I mean, you know that Ryan one. Fitzpatrick has that contract stipulation right. where he needs to start at least half the season. <laughs> I mean, like every single year, no matter where he goes, pa- it's a rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. NFL at this point, Fabs, that Ryan Fitzpatrick has to start at least six games. And not for nothing, but Ryan Fitzpatrick been damn good the last couple been. of seasons and no one really talks about that so let's move on to the running back position again we're just going to be talking about the big name guys here some players that you need to be familiar with uh graham and i are going to break down some more players uh next week as we get closer to the combine uh boy i mean have have the first like two months of this year freaking flown by for crying out loud i mean it's it's unbelievable it felt like 18th. it felt like january was Insane. like it felt like january was like three months but february's flown by it's blowing by uh DeAndre Swift, I like this kid a lot. He reminds me a lot of LaShawn McCoy when you look at him uh, on film uh, this past year. Uh, 196 carries, over 1,200 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. Also caught 24 balls out of the backfield. He's a really good pass catcher, a really good pass catcher who can make some some plays if you get him open in space. I like that about Swift. Uh, he's got that good mix of side speed and power. Uh, he's not really he's not a power back per se, um, but I think he can run between the tackles. And his game is probably better suited to like a zone scheme. Uh, he's he's a guy that to me. Maybe it's not going to be immediately, but he could end up being a three-down back. I've seen him in pass protection. He's not, he, he's a pretty good pass protector. He's not afraid to get his his uh his hands dirty. Let's put it that way. Uh, as a as a blocker, he's physical. He's strong. Um, I've seen him projected to go in the first round. There's some teams out there that could certainly use him. Tampa Bay, Miami, for example. If he ends up on the right team. And we have seen rookie running backs really come in and make immediate impacts. We saw it with Josh Jacobs this past season. DeAndre Swift could end up being a top 50 pick in fantasy redrafts. Yeah, it just depends on the landing spot. Yep. Um, but I'm with you as a receiver. That's what interests me most about DeAndre Swift. And really, what it comes down to for fantasy projections is like, can these guys catch passes adequately? Right. Because um, we've seen it in the past, you know, like Jordan Howard coming out. He's like, okay, he's a good running back, but mm-hmm. we don't know how good of a receiver he's, he's going to be. And that's ultimately hurt him. Uh, for fantasy and, and DeAndre Swift, I found this kind of interesting. Now, granted, Alvin Kamara uh, did it in one last season. Uh, they both saw a very similar amount of targets, but DeAndre Swift caught 75 balls for 666 yards and five scores on 92 targets at Georgia, while Alvin Kamara caught nine, uh, 76 balls for 694 yards and seven scores on 94 targets at Tennessee. Uh, I've seen, I, I see a little bit of of Kamara and Swift as a receiver. Not saying they're the same player, not saying they're the same running back, but I see similar sorts of receiving skills coming out, uh, being able to split out as a receiver, being able to uh, be moved out in motion, being able to uh, already uh, pass protect on uh, on passing downs is uh, a big thing for Swift too. Yep. Um, the, the combine will be really big for him, and it'll really be big for all. I think there's like a clear top six or seven in this class of running backs. Mm-hmm. It'll be big for all of those guys to kind of separate themselves. But Swift, because he's, you know, he's never handled more than 185 carries in a season, uh, the combine will be really big for him to kind of determine exactly uh, what you know type of athlete he is and where he ranks in this class. Mm-hmm. And, boy, I tell you, it, there is you, – you can say, and I've said this before, the combine is fun to watch. It's it's really hard to determine fantasy value from the combine alone. It really is. I mean, you can see 
uh, you know, like like DK Metcalf, right? I mean, some of the drills in the combine last season, he was tremendous. Others, you know, people said he was worse than Tom Brady. And then he came on to the draft and fell and ended up being one of the better rookie wide receivers. Um, NFL GMs and personnel, they are making educated guesses, much like we are out here. Um, but if you go to uh, an article that Gil Brandt uh, has posted, and Gil Brandt, if you do not know, You've got to know Gilbrand, right? I mean, if you're a football fan, you've got to know Gilbrand. He is the godfather. Uh, and he has got some really good data. Um, and this is a guy who – Gil did this before anybody, okay? He did this before anybody way back in the day uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but his he's got a chart of the minimum target NFL combine test results per player, uh, per position, excuse me. Uh, go out and check that out. Uh, uh, I'm assuming it would be NFL.com slash Gilbrand. Uh it's a really good gauge on whether or not a player did well uh, based on his position uh, in the 40-yard dash, in the 10-yard split, in the 20-yard split, in the bench press, uh, at vertical jump, the broad jump, the short shuttle, the 60-yard shuttle, the three-cone, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so check that out uh, if you want to just get smarter because Gil Brandt is – you know, Gil Brandt was doing fantasy football before I got here. Wow. He was doing fantasy football for NFL.com yeah. uh, before I got here. Gil, uh, Gil knows his stuff. Uh, moving on, we'll stick with the running back theme. And so – there's there's like two or three guys like even even I think Swift is the top running back, but there's other analysts out there who know a hell of a lot more about these rookies than I do that have other guys ranked ahead of him. And I've seen J.K. Dobbins ranked ahead of Swift uh, on certain top five positional rankings going into uh, the combine. But Dobbins is a player who this past season rushed for two thousand and three yards. And every time I see that, I think of. OJ Simpson, right? He averaged nearly seven yards a carry. He had 21 touchdowns, also caught 23 balls out of the backfield. And this was a big bounce back season because Dobbins in 2018 wasn't all that great. And this, this past year, he actually was able to be a featured back because in the past he had split carries uh, with Mike Weber. Uh, he's 5'10", 217 pounds. He's a guy who can be elusive. He can make defenders miss in the open field. Uh, he's quick. He's, he's, he's got a good combination of quickness and balance. Uh, didn't run a lot of routes in his collegiate days at Ohio State, but uh, I think he does have some upside as a pass catcher. And another player that, again, from a fantasy perspective, you can watch these guys at the combine all you want, unless they end up in a team that's going to give them a quick opportunity to be the top guy on the depth chart. It's not going to matter. But if Dobbins goes to a spot where he can end up being potentially a three down back, he can end up going higher than Swift in dynasty and redrafts. For sure. Uh, landing spot will be huge with all of these guys. Yeah, and Jonathan, of course. Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back. He's in that conversation, yep. too, mm -hmm. of, of top backs. Uh, Dobbins this past year, though, I mean, he really showed his athleticism, I think, on tape. I mean, this guy, is he's got breakaway speed. Uh, he's got extremely great uh, burst and power uh, in his lower half. Um, I th you know, even though Ohio State didn't necessarily ask him to be a receiver, uh, he still caught 20 balls in every single season uh, at Ohio State. Freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Ran for over 1,000 yards in every single season as well. Uh, you mentioned it, his uh, sophomore year was down for sure, but, man, he answered, like, every question. Uh, this past year, just put a uh, good game after good game on tape and was a huge, a huge part of Ohio State's run late in the uh, late in the year. He ran for over 150 yards in every single game. Uh, J.K. Dobbins fab is is really good, really yeah. good. And I think we're going to be talking about him for fantasy uh, very often. Yep. Yeah, no, no question about that. And again, you had mentioned it. There, there's there's several more running backs uh, who are you know among the top prospects going into uh, this you know this 
this season. I, if you go to Bucky Brooks, uh, he's got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire up there as well, Cam Akers, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Love as you Cam mentioned. Akers. So, I will say this: this does seem like a top-heavy class. Last year was a right. I think yeah. relatively was a bad running back class. I mean, I, I know I, I liked Miles Sanders quite a bit, but you know, David Montgomery got a little too much hype. Devin Singletary was a great late-round pick, but yep. other than that, there really weren't that many great rookie running backs this past year. This class is going to be a, another really good one. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty top-heavy. Top, there's five or six guys that are going to be studs, uh, probably a few decent sleepers for sure. Yep. This is a really fun class. Yeah, and again, it, it all depends on where these guys end up, man. Uh, and I always use the example of Steven Jackson. When he came out of college, uh, Oregon State, everyone had him as the top running back in fantasy football, the top running back prospect, and he went to St. Louis. And for a year, he was behind Marshall Falk, and he didn't do anything. And, of course, he ended up having a pretty good career there. Steven Jackson uh, had an amazing, underrated career. Yeah. yeah he was he, awesome. He, he, he dealt with some injury issues. Uh, one season, I believe he held out of camp, and then he didn't have a great season. But he I mean, he had that one monster freaking year. That he had a, yeah. he, I don't know if it was the year after Marshall left or not. but I think it was two years after. He had a huge year. Yeah, he um, had like seven or eight years Rams. where he ran for 1,000 yards, and he was a really good receiver for a big dude. I interviewed him. I mean, and that dude had muscles on top of muscles, kind of like Eddie does. <laughs> I mean, he was just a monster. All right, let's move on. The top two wide receivers, uh, and if you look at Daniel Jeremiah, you look at uh, Bucky Brooks, you know, they're, they're both – in on Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. And we're going to talk about Judy here first uh, out of Alabama. This past year, 13 games, 17 catches, over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, averaged over 15 yards per catch, uh, scored 24 total touchdowns in his final 28 games with the Crimson Tide. That's pretty good. Um, If you look at him, I don't know that he's going to be like Julio Jones. I think he could maybe be a little bit closer to like a Calvin Ridley type, maybe a little bit better. Really good route runner. Uh, He's super quick. Every time he can, he gets the ball, he can take it to the house. He played a lot out of the slot uh, at Alabama as well. He's effective after the catch, which we're all looking for in a fantasy. And uh, again, he's, he's just, he's man, a playmaker. Man. If you, if you want to watch just like, just amazing tape on somebody who is excellent after the catch is Jared Judy. Sick. His he feet is, are fast and yeah. he is ridiculous. He is, uh, he is amazing in open space. He's amazing in confined space. The cuts on, that he makes in the open field are just absurd. Uh, Jared Judy is well-deserving of, of being, you know, not only, I wouldn't say he's the consensus top guy, but consensus top three in this yep. class for sure. Yeah, I mean, because this class has got, you mean, you got Henry Ruggs as well. I mean, there, yeah. there are so many good wide receivers in this class. Judy and Ruggs. Hey, God, those guys, I mean, just those Bama skill guys. They're I know. so ridiculous. I know, Every dude. single year yeah yeah no question about that uh he is a first round lock we've seen him tied to the Raiders uh the Raiders have been tied to CD Lamb too because the Raiders need a wide receiver badly uh if they don't get one in free agency so uh Judy's going to be someone to keep tabs on uh no question about that just a fun player to watch And, and the thing that that when I watched him on tape the thing that got to me is how quick he gets in and out of his freaking cuts, man. Yeah. Like, he is sick, his, dude. He is start, fast. The start-stop ability for Judy is oh, what's, what's it's, incredible. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, moving on. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, uh, this past season, 62 catches in 13 games, had over 1,300 yards. Averaged 21.4 yards per catch, scored 14 touchdowns. Had 26 total touchdowns in his final 27 collegiate games, of course. It did help that uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray were both there at Oklahoma. Uh, he's that big play deep threat kind of guy he could take the top off of defense he's got ridiculously good straight line speed and if you want to know anything about cd lamb and what he can do go and google lamb catch versus ucla 
Do you remember that? I mean, that was that catch was as good as any catch that Odell Beckham Jr. has ever made in his life. It was, I mean, you remember the Nikhil Harry catch that he made? I think it was against USC, which was bananas good. Yeah. This one's better. Yeah. This one's better. And uh, Lamb is a guy who's going to end up being a first-round pick as well. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is awesome, man. He is so good. Uh, first three, in his own, uh, three years in college, he went over 800 yards, scored seven touchdowns in every single season. Yep. Um, you know, the game against LSU, he put on, I, th- I thought he got open at will against two corners that LSU Tigers are going to definitely put in the NFL. Uh, in that previous game against Baylor, he went for like eight and 170 yards or something <laughs> like that. I mean, he is, he's ridiculous. And, you know, Fabs, I think this, this, you know, quick preview is kind of a prelude to this receiver class is just as good as like the 2014 one where we had like all of those elite guys come out, you know, yeah, and Evans, Beckham yeah. and Evans and Sammy Watkins too. I mean, I know Watkins has been a little bit disappointing in his NFL career, but coming out, I mean, he was a very, very highly touted prospect. I think mm-hmm. this class is very similar to uh to that class yeah it, it could very well be and i mean like we have seen we have seen more and more rookie wide receivers you know it, it was always kind of tough for these rookies to come out at, at the wide receiver position to make that really big impact it's not it's not the not, same anymore not anymore not anymore not with the, the way that the league is not with the way that that college is running pro offenses now i mean you go back and you could look at some of the greatest wide receivers of all time i mean rookie seasons they weren't all that great <laughs> now you're seeing more and more guys i mean you know uh, you know, AJ Brown this past season, you know, Hollywood. I mean, he, he was inconsistent, but he showed some flashes and we've got a lot of good wide receivers coming into this 2020 class. Uh, certainly some guys to, to keep tabs on in the upcoming scouting combine. And Graham and I will break down some more players next week. I figured just these, these six guys are, are the biggest names for sure at their respective positions um arguably uh but i i, I basically go off of what bucky brooks and dana jeremiah are putting out there because smart those are our two guys and they're very smart much smarter than me when it comes to uh scouting these prospects and they've got these guys ranked the, up near the top dj's already got a couple mocks out too he does yeah. yeah we we are trying to get him on the podcast i mean this he yeah, he's busy this dude has i mean it's ridiculous between watching tape he's just a little busy uh doing <laughs> interviews writing columns Doing mock drafts, trying to be a dad. Apparently, if you look on his Twitter, he lost one of his uh, his earbuds from his from his uh, iTunes or his Apple or whatever the hell it is, and uh, he was uh, complaining about that as well. But uh, I, you want to talk about a guy who had some big shoes to fill last year and kicked the hell out of it, knocked it out of the park. Oh, he's a stud, Mike Mayock, yeah. right? I mean, like yeah, DJ DJ's came a in stud, man, and did uh, and not for nothing, uh, freaking a great guy too. So uh, that's gonna wrap up. Today's edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, Graham and I will be back next week. We're doing these once a week. And then I believe we have one more show. And then Marcus will be back beginning of March. And, I mean, boy, we're going to this free agent. I, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, dude. We're going to see trades. We're going to see big name guys wearing different uniforms. It's going to be a lot between, of fun. Between free agency and then a very good skill position class with running backs and receivers, the yeah. next two to three months are going to be really fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and if you're a fantasy fan and we know you are, you got to study up on these guys because there's going to be a lot of, a lot of big names changing uh, home addresses and a lot of really good young studs coming out who are going to be fantasy superstars for year to co- years to come uh, that we're going to be studying up on. So, everybody out there, have a great week. Come back next week and join us. We will see you then.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, Tanner girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.